0: i would mentioned before, I'm a licensed scuba diver. It's a wonderfully relaxing activity for me in the fact that it forces me to be quiet. I've had a lot of buddies in my diving career. That's what you'd call your diving partner, but nobody more than my dad. Now he also has trouble quieting down. In fact, he has to be talking at all times. So even when we dive, it's nothing but hand signals. Okay, when you're diving, you can't give the thumbs up because that means go up. So there's a whole bunch of OKs and this ways. And at one point, He was directing me into a cave. I don't like to go in caves or wrecks because I get a little claustrophobic, but he had pointed and gestured so many times that I finally swam that way. And just as I was about to get all the way in, he grabbed me by my fin and pulled me backwards, and that's when I saw the barracuda I was about to swim right into. And that's what I was reminded of today when National Geographic suggested that I scuba Cuba because apparently there's a beautiful reef system there, Jardines de la Reina, or the Garden of the Queen, but... When I went to look at these photos online, I felt like I got rickrolled because there was nothing but pictures of sharks and an American crocodile. So I won't be doing Scuba Cuba anytime soon. Today, though, I want to talk about astrology, autocorrect, and allegiance as we take a deep dive and start joshing around trust in the buoyancy of the situation that's the advice i was given when i worked for a bunch of crooks and they wanted me to do things that might not have been ethically sound but it's still a statement that i stand by today trust in the buoyancy of the situation just float on through right put on some modest mouse and enjoy yourself when you're doing scuba you have a bc which is a buoyancy control device and it lets just a little air in to counteract the weight belt that you have on that just keeps you floating right there in the middle of where you want to be like one of the fishes just floating free in the sea my astrological side's that of a fish not just one fish two fish. And it's said of Pisces that they can be like two people, though not like those crazy Gemini. And I do see it to be true. I'm a part comedian, part businessman, a little bit of a slacker and a motivator. While I resisted for a while, I can see the beauty of astrology now because when you're born should have everything to do with the type of person you become. I was born in the spring. I'm always more optimistic than most people in the winter, just the opposite. And then there's those folks born in summer who never got cupcakes in their elementary school class because of their damn summer birthdays. I see it in nature too. I met a grandfather who told me his grandson was born two days before him. He said that's his dude. A dad I talked to the other day said his son was born the day before him and they share so many traits. He said they're best friends. Now, while I don't hate my son, he was born in the winter time and I have nothing in common with that negative SOB. There's a scene in an old episode of the simpsons where mr burns has a thousand monkeys chained to a thousand typewriters in hopes they produce the great american novel this is a variant on the infinite monkey theorem which surmises that a monkey hitting keys at random on a typewriter if given an infinite amount of time will almost surely type a given text such as the complete works of william shakespeare and this is what i kind of think twitter is like All the humor and knowledge of mankind is there if you have time to sort through it. So the next time you're looking amongst the monkeys, check us out at Joshua Around. But before you judge any of the content, remember, I'm just one monkey. When it comes to where things are, I remember moving into my first apartment in college with a washer and dryer. I did a ton of laundry right away, and towards the end, my roommate came by and asked, Hey, have you been cleaning the lint screen each time? Of course, I told him. Great, he said, and then he asked, Where is it? Um, I replied, I don't know. Autocorrect can be great for things that you don't know, but sometimes it can prove to be more of a hindrance than anything else. I was at a festival talking to folks this weekend, and more than a few people told me they were having trouble with autocorrect changing things to come, and it was really messing up their text. Now, I guess that's all in the spelling, but as I told him, this doesn't happen to me, because autocorrect learns what you type and then corrects accordingly. Either way, though, apparently I was at the place to be this weekend. Of course, these autocorrected conversations were all coming from couples with kids, so texting might just be the most action that they see. I could tell I was getting older at the festival because I bought a craft. Yep, first time for everything. It was a stained glass orange, which I now gladly display on my sliding glass door. It won't be long before I tell you I have 30 more. And will I be ashamed by that day? Probably not. Thanks for your commitment to this show. Please know I'll never ask you to give a loyalty oath or pledge allegiance. When it comes to the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States, the one you may remember from elementary school hasn't always been the pledge. In fact, in the 1800s, there was a time when there were two pledges. The first was created by Rear Admiral George Belch, a veteran of the Civil War who later went on to work in the New York Board of Education. His pledge went, we give our heads and hearts to God and our country. One country, one language, one flag. But in 1892, Francis Bellamy decided we needed a new pledge because he felt the old pledge was too juvenile and lacking in dignity. So he teamed up with a kid's magazine, the Youth Companion as part of a national public school celebration of Columbus Day for the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in the Americas. The event was conceived and promoted by James Upham, a marketer for the magazine, as a campaign to instill the idea of American nationalism in students and to sell flags to public schools. So, seemingly what we're truly pledging allegiance to is that Mr. Upham can hit his flag quota. The pledges we know it today, the second one, originally had no mention of God whatsoever. It was simply one nation indivisible, until Flag Day in 1954, when Under God was added. Science is the same way. There's been nary a mention of God whatsoever. But now, from astrophysicists of all people, they're starting to suggest that in the universe, dark matter could and should be much more powerful than it is, and if it was, life wouldn't be able to exist at all this is what's known as the anthropic principle which proposes that the laws of physics in our universe were fine-tuned to produce life the anthropic principle is a philosophical consideration that observations of the universe must be compatible with the conscious life that observes it similar to that metaphor if a tree fell in the woods and no one was there to hear it so be thankful That you are there to witness the universe and its growth because if we weren't here, then it wouldn't exist. Do I have that right? There's a lot to keep up with today for sure. Another thing's for certain, the James Beard Awards are tonight. I was a little confused by this at first. Apparently, the James Beard Awards are for cooking and not awards for gay men named Jim's best girlfriends. We talk about off-the-wall news on the show. So when someone here locally got a cockroach stuck in their ear, you'd think for certain that this is something I would talk about. But instead, I'm going to let it go. I mentioned how it took five days to get something out of my eye, and that was awful nine days before this girl got all of the cockroach out of her ear. I'd rather scuba with crocodile than have something die in my ear, and that's what happened to this poor girl. So you won't hear about it from me, But just know the doctor that finally got the head out said, yeah, this is the second time this month. And with that, I don't want to be associated with any more ears today. Thanks for coming, though. I'm glad we could shark it up before I left. Be buoyant out there, monkey around on Twitter, and screen your lint so you don't get dry or fired. I'll see you again after the awards are given out to the Michelin stars when I pledge to stay light on dark matters, as long as you continue to observe everything that goes into joshing around.